The Anchored City Podcast is recorded in Anchorage, Alaska, on the traditional lands of the Denina Athabascan people. I have heard the oldest stories that the wisest man never told. And I cast aside my worries And just went digging for gold And I will scale the highest mountains Looking for the bluest blue Just 17 and a half miles as the crow flies from Anchorage or around 55 miles away by car, at mile 13.9 of the Kinnick Goose Bay Road, is the historical district of Kinnick. Driving through this short stretch of road at 50 miles an hour, it's hard to see why this place was designated as historic. But before there was the city of Anchorage, there was the town of Kinnick. For more than a thousand years, Denida Athabascans had lived on the shores of Kinnick Arm, near the Kinnick and White Lakes, in the area that is now called Kinnick. This area was not seen as a single place at first. Historian Colleen Mielke notes that between 1850 and 1880, the journals of Russian Orthodox priests did not describe Kinnick as a single place, but rather as the Kinnicks, a group of semi-permanent camps within two to six miles of Kinnick. Her research also gives glimpses into the earliest records of life at Kinnick. In the 1880s, a Russian Orthodox chapel was erected, and a Russian Orthodox priest would visit the community once a winter, weather permitting, to perform religious services such as marriages, funerals, and baptisms, and also to encourage the Denina to maintain a moral path. Far away places where imagination just gets lost, and I would search the wide world over for one proverb that is true. But In the late 1890s, the gold rush was on and Knick was growing. Prospectors traveled by steamer from Seattle or San Francisco to the deep water port at Tyonek and then built or boarded smaller boats to travel to Kinnick. Others traveled to Seward by ship and hiked to Kinnick after the Iditarod Trail opened in 1911. From Kinnick, they made their way to the gold country on foot. As the prospectors passed through the town of Kinnick, it grew quickly. From just those three permanent buildings in 1893, by the turn of the century, it had grown into a town providing supplies and services for the surrounding area. The masthead of the Kinnick News reads, Travel by way of Sunny Kinnick, the California of Alaska. Those newspaper pages printed in 1915 are posted on the wall of the Kinnick Museum and filled with advertisements for businesses and services in Kinnick. Contractor J.T. Harvey was looking to build you anything you want, Captain Denny and his boat the Buffalo or Captain Kramer with the Traveler were available to get your mail or meet ships from Seward until freeze up. The Palace of Sweets could satisfy your sweet tooth. White and Fisk wanted to fill your wool orders. If you felt unwell, Dr. Carmichael, Spaulding, or Ving could look after you. If you needed firewood, 
The Connect Transfer and Fuel Company or Hughes and Peterson could deliver it for you. You could shop for goods at the Brown and Hawkins Mercantile or a store owned by George W. Palmer, the person who the city of Palmer is named after. The Fulton and Hershey Pool Hall was available for your amusement. If you wanted to drink, you could go to the Olympus Bar and Leopold David could fill your need for a lawyer. A map of Connect drawn in 1978 by G. Stanley Herning, the son of Orville George Herning, an important businessman in Connect and the creator of an important map of the upper Cook Inlet at the time, recorded these businesses in the town. A blacksmith shop, a barn supporting a gold prospecting venture, and the Connect Trading Company, all owned by Herning, a tin shop, two barber shops, and a say office, a delivery service, a school, a boat shop, a laundry, a wharf with docks owned by different stores, as well as a church and a jail. In addition to these legitimate businesses, the clandestine economy of bootlegging liquor and prostitution was also operating. Freight, supplies, and mail stood at the center of the economy of Kinnick. Historian Miyoki gives these insights into the economy of Kinnick. At the turn of the century, Kinnick was the largest resupply stop for prospectors traveling overland. It provided essential goods such as boots, shoes, rain gear, guns, ammunition, hardware, furs, groceries, coffee, tobacco, dried fish for dog teams, and most importantly, mail from home. Prospectors purchased furs, sleds, snowshoes, moose meat for five cents a pound and salmon for 25 cents each, moccasins and fur robes from the local Denina. They also hired them to harvest logs, whipsaw lumber, cut firewood, tend gardens, pack freight to the mines, unload boat freight, and transport passengers between Kinnick and Tyonek. Before the official post office opened in Kinnick in 1904, mail arrived about once a month in the summer by boat. In the winter, boats couldn't get to Kinnick, so the Denina mail runners were hired to retrieve mail from the town of Sunrise near Hope, which meant a 12-day round trip by foot or sled, about twice a winter, weather permitting. The growth of Cook Inlet from 1898 to 1914 in the pre-Anchorage era depended on large ocean-going steamers and schooners to bring freight, passengers, and mail from Seattle and San Francisco to the deep waters of Cook Inlet. As early as 1876, those large ocean-going vessels docked at Tyonek. Later, the ships docked in the deep waters of Kinnick Harbor near Ship Creek. That's how Anchorage originally got its name by shortening the original place name of the Kinnick Anchorage, which meant it was the main place to anchor. Privately owned launches, sailboats, tugs, scows, and other boats transported freight and passengers from the larger ships anchored at Kinnick Harbor to the small towns of Hope, Sunrise, Saldovia, Tyonek, and Kinnick Station. By 1915, there were nearly 100 boats. Lightering freight was a thriving industry on Cook Inlet for both Caucasian and Indian freighters. That long quote from Miyoki shows Kinnick's importance to the area at the turn of the century. But Kinnick was not just receiving freight, it was shipping it too. Dog teams carrying more than a ton of gold are recorded to have arrived in the town in 1912 and in 1916. Shipments like these passed through the wharf in Kinnick on the way to outside markets. Other items included natural goods such as fish, moose meat, furs, 
cranberries, and snowshoes gathered and manufactured by the Denina and shipped to Seattle by Kinnick merchants. All this economic activity caused the population of Kinnick to grow, making it the largest settlement in Cook Inlet in 1913, with a summer population of around 1,000 people and a winter population of 500. One of the ads in those old newspapers hanging on the wall of the Knick Museum reads, The Railroad Kitchen. Meals when you want them. Pies, cakes, cookies, and donuts. Rye, white, and graham bread. For sale. Knick, the California of Alaska. I wonder if the owners named this cafe The Railroad Kitchen in hopes that the railroad would be built to Knick. On a recent trip to the Knick Museum, a staff member told me that many in the town thought that of course the railroad would be built to Kinnick, since it was the largest city in Cook Inlet. However, once it was decided that Anchorage was to be the headquarters for the Alaska Railroad in 1914, and that the route north would run through Wasilla, bypassing Cook Inlet's largest town, the end was in sight. 1914 and 1915 were the apex of Kinnick as a town. By 1918, it was nearly all gone. In the summer of 1917, most of the buildings from Kinnick were moved to Wasilla or Anchorage, and with the buildings went the people. The railroad cafe closed because the railroad never came. The meals offered whenever you want them stopped being served because no one was left in Kinnick to want them. And in many ways, no one continued to want Kinnick. If one travels to Kinnick today, they can step back in time at the Kinnick Museum. The Kinnick Museum is located in the old Fulton and Hershey Pool Hall building. It's one of only two buildings, along with a cabin, that remain from the golden age of the town of Kinnick. That I lived already And the scars I earned I still can't seem to find The answers And all the questions I never knew But loving you just once Was worth it Even if I I can't if you go to the corner of West 2nd Avenue and F Street in Anchorage, you'll find the Leopold David House, built in 1917. The house sits just a quarter of a mile from the Alaska Railroad headquarters. Leopold David, you might remember, was the man advertising to be your lawyer in the Kinnick News. He, like many Kinnick residents, moved to Anchorage. Three years later, Leopold David became Anchorage's first mayor. 106 years later, the economy of Anchorage is at a crossroads, much like Kinnick's was in 1914. Things are changing, the future is uncertain, and many are wondering what the future holds. 
In our next episode, we will consider the Anchorage economy, past, present, and future. The Anchorage City Podcast is grateful for a grant from Resonate Global Mission that in part makes this podcast possible. We are also grateful for our partnership with Street Psalms. Check them out at streetpsalms.org. And we're grateful for you, our listeners. If you are grateful for what you are hearing, please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and recommend us to your friends. Resources used to make this episode can be found in the show details. The Anchorage City Podcast is hosted by Joel Kickenfeld and is a production of the Anchorage Urban Training Collaborative. The mission of the collaborative is to train the head, heart, and hands of urban leaders to love their city and seek its peace. When we say peace, we mean the desire to see a world where all things are the way they are supposed to be for all people. Find us online at anchorageutc.org and on social media at Anchorage UTC. Our theme song is by Anchorage's own Monica Lettner. <laughs>